As women, we often have unspoken experiences that need open dialogue without fear of judgment. Well, Tori and Ebony are no exception. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Yep, we're talking about it. If having a safe space to express yourself and learn from one another appeals to you, then sis, you have found your tribe. So come in, have a seat, and journey with the Vibrant Souls. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode. We're going to be discussing affair recovery. Mm, that's a juicy topic. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, I think most people, if they've dealt with infidelity, the first thing you want to do is get a divorce. Yes, run away. Yep. And be done with it. Exactly. Because <laughs> isn't it easier to just not deal with it than it is to go through the work right. of repairing your marriage? Right. It is. Well, we want to let you all know that it is possible. I know a lot of times this will depend on the circumstances surrounding the infidelity, of course. Mm -hmm. But if you are committed to your marriage, I definitely or we definitely feel that you can recover from an affair and have a successful marriage. So how does one recover from an affair? It's going to be difficult. Because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it can be difficult, but it can be done. But I wanted to open by first giving you all some statistics okay. on affairs. And this came from the Journal of Marriage and Divorce. 70% of all men and women engage in some form of an affair in their marriages. Mm, that's a big that's number. Staggering. That's like really high. <laughs> yeah, that's almost like everybody. Right, <laughs> pretty much. Okay, 25% of marriages experience a sexual infidelity. So majority are experiencing emotional? If Well, it didn't specify if it was emotional, just other forms. Okay. Like could be texting, could be... Okay. I don't just know, any they, other they bundle a lot under that. Like some people consider going to strip clubs cheating. Yeah. Who, it was a lot. Under that. I'm about to say, who would think that? Right. But I guess you That's know. What I'm saying you have to define. You're right. Your own relationship. Right. Right. So for the sake of <laughs> our discussion, 25 percent of marriages experience a sexual infidelity. 15 okay. percent of married women engage in sexual affairs. Okay. 25% of married men engage in sexual affairs. No offense, man. I thought it was going to be high. Yeah. No, I'm like, that's it. <laughs> no, let me see. <laughs> okay. For real. All right. And then of those affairs, ready? Yes. 16% of marriages actually survive. Mm. That's, 16. Yeah, that's little percentage. Right. That's real low. Wow. <laughs> so the odds are against you. <laughs> but there's hope. <laughs> exactly. I will always speak life. We will always speak life and hope. I know that the narrative will always be, especially in this society where we glorify side men, women, chicks, all of this stuff. It would be easier for you to walk away. But there are so many reasons why you can can and should salvage your marriage. Number one, if you 
are a Christian mm -hmm. and you took vows before God, I think you should take those vows seriously. So if for no other reason, you know, give it an earnest effort because you want to honor the vow, the covenant and the commitment that you all made to each other. If there are children involved, Clearly, you want to try. I'm not saying that should be your sole reason, but it definitely is an incentive mm -hmm. for you to try to make it work. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to discuss whether you want to stay married or not. Should I leave? No, you've arrived at the decision to save your marriage. Okay, so they've made Which, it past all of that and they want to work it out. I mean, you gonna say they made it past. I mean, well, they've <laughs> made it to the point or the decision where they want right. to they work it out. They decided they want to work it out. Okay, so what does that look like? Okay, well, I'm going to work backwards because a lot of the reasons why, or I think there are three main reasons why it's difficult for people to work through infidelity. Okay. So this is what you've lost that you now have to rebuild. Trust, self-esteem, and emotional instability. Mm, those are good. So trust, of course, is top of the list because that's the big one because that's what happens when you're having an affair. The trust is broken. Mm -hmm. You probably will spend your entire marriage. Maybe, well, let me not say <laughs> entire marriage. A big part of it. A chunk. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you're in the beginning of that recovery phase. Earning each other's mm -hmm. trust again. Yeah. Because if you can't trust them, I mean, you really have nowhere to go from there. You're going to have to rebuild it, but it is a process. Mm -hmm. Self-esteem, especially if you're the victim. And we put that reality. in quotations, please. Yeah, Tori has an issue with... <laughs> Nobody is a victim. <laughs> so we're going to put that in quotations. Okay. We're using air quotes. Yes. <laughs> so we will put victim... Air quote. In air quotes. <laughs> but just so people know their roles yes. in this, I am referring air quotes right. <laughs> to victim and cheater. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So the person who is the victim mm -hmm. may suffer with self-esteem issue because the first thing you naturally want to do is self-blame. What did I do or what didn't I do mm -hmm. that caused my spouse to step out? Right. Emotional instability. Your whole world has just been rocked. Yeah. Everything you thought your marriage was, you're probably questioning it. Mm-hmm. Was it ever solid? Did he ever really love me? You know, all of that. Everything that you knew your world to be has now come to a crashing stop. Right. It has completely changed. Yeah. It's different. Yeah, it's different now. So you're going to wrestle with your feelings and your emotions. You're going to, it's going to throw everything off center. The way you perform at work, the way you interact with each other at home, the way you interact with your children, your friends. It's a lot to unpack when you're dealing with infidelity in your marriage because mm -hmm. it's almost like suffering a death. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like divorces. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's yeah. almost like suffering a death. It is. <laughs> the life you once were living, it just yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah, it changed. But if you have decided to work on marriage restoration, the key to this is going to be moving forward, learning how to manage your relationship. Okay. And I like to add that I really think that both people need to do internal work, not just the 
Oh, absolutely. One who stepped out. It is a symptom or a sign that both people need to do their individual work to make it absolutely. work. So. Yeah, agreed. So I'm not going to give you a fancy magazine journal type, you know, steps for marriage recovery after infidelity. I'm just going to give you the quick and dirty. This is what you're going to have to do if you want to get over it. Okay, let's hear it. So the first thing you need to do is deal with your damn feelings. Amen to that. So how do we do that? (laughs) What does that look like? (laughs) Air quotes again. If you are the victim (laughs) of infidelity, work, feel your feels, every emotion that can come to you, allow yourself to feel it. And I would say document it. Document the feelings, what you're feeling. And we are pushers of journaling. Yes. (laughs) So... (laughs) Your journals might become your best friend during this whole process, but definitely have that handy with you. Mm-hmm. But if you're angry, which you're going to feel that you're going to be angry, you're going to be bitter and you're going to have resentment. Mm-hmm. All of that is normal. Don't let anyone tell you that it's not. Right. Or feel rejected. All of that. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. All of that. Feel what you're feeling. Work through those emotions. That has to be the first step. You can't jump over rush past, you know, yeah, all of try stuff to blot that, it out, yeah, just start can. new. Like yeah. it's a, yeah, step by step. Exactly. <laughs> Again, process. Yes. But I'm telling you in this order, because if you do it out of order, you're really doing yourself a disservice and you're really lessening your chances of being the 16% that survives. Mm. Okay. So after you've dealt with the anger, bitterness and resentment, take some time for yourself. Like each other need kind of like some space, if a break. If you need space. I mean, within the same house, of course, if they need it. But <laughs> you think it'll be as like a separation? I'm going to tread lightly when I say separation. You can be in the same house and have space. Like let your right. spouse know, no, you can't be up in my face all the time. Like if I don't want to see you and deal with you right now, you need to respect that. Right. That's what I mean by taking your space. Okay. Sometimes though. And I particularly believe that sometimes you can't heal in the environment that hurt you. Right. So sometimes you may have to take a a Mm -hmm. time out. Mm -hmm. Be careful with your time outs. You cannot stay away from each other for too long because you're widening the divide that's already there in your marriage. And you're going to lessen the chance of reconciliation. Okay. But if you feel like you need to step away for a minute, please give yourself a reasonable time frame to be gone. Mm-hmm. Like it can't be months. Mm-hmm. Can't be years. Right. Maybe a week. Maybe two. Maybe three. <laughs> three. <laughs> but. <laughs> right. You got to cap it somewhere is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like don't take an extended period where you two are not actively around each other because you can grow comfortable in that and then trying to come back Mm -hmm. and reinsert yourselves in each other's lives it's just going to be more problematic so yeah and then kind of take your space or the space that you need day by day like maybe even if you don't put a number on it like okay i need three weeks or i need whatever just say okay today i need space you know and then the next day I need space. You know, you're going to do that roller coaster, though, because, again, this is a process. I don't think that you should say, well, I'm just saying that, like, Mm -hmm. I get what you're saying. Today may not be a good day and you just want to be away. Right. 
but don't go to the calendar and go, I see right. six weeks. <laughs> right, exactly, because it all works. Right. <laughs> Check. Check. <laughs> if you're going to do it, I think do it consecutive. Yeah. Yeah, is what I think. Yeah. Okay, the other part of dealing with your feelings is self-monitoring. Okay, we're self-monitoring the feelings your or... Behavior. Okay. Your behavior is going to be the biggest component of self-monitoring. Mm-hmm recognizing what your triggers are. Remember, you've decided to work on your marriage. So your behavior cannot be in opposition of that if you are working on your marriage. So self-monitoring is important. Mm -hmm. You have to watch how you're behaving. Are your actions in alignment with trying to work? To moving it forward. Okay. Yeah. Are we moving forward or am I doing stuff that just, you know, like I'm throwing the middle fingers up to you. I don't right. care. Now, what if you need, I guess you have to give each other kind of like a grace period, because what if you lapse? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what, what do you mean lapse? <laughs> like, like today I'm pissed off, you know, and <laughs> I don't like, so that's all of, a part of it, isn't it? all part okay. of it with your feelings. Okay. Like, this is not cookie cutter. Like, right, right. Feel your feelings. Okay, we were mad yesterday, so we can't. Right. <laughs> no. Okay. So yeah. allow the room for that. And- right. But I think that if it's a day where you know you just feeling real angry, mm-hmm. petty, spiteful, right. all of that, yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make them aware. Yeah. I ain't feeling you today. Like, back up off me. (laughs) Let me go deal with myself. Right. Okay. So step one was dealing with your feelings. Two is a huge one. Mm. If you are going to restore your marriage, you cannot retaliate. Yeah. Don't think you got like a a pass. Right. (laughs) All of that. Yeah. Don't engage in revenge sex you're only compounding the problem so your best bet is to really just kind of release it just well people think that that's the answer because it's like a band-aid yeah it's like you're you're just numbing yourself Mm -hmm. you don't feel worse after you do it anyway because what did you solve right nothing Nothing. more right you already (laughs) can't deal with your feelings now so you're gonna add more on top right yeah like don't don't do that right Remember the commitment that you're making to work on the marriage. So yeah, there is no to your behavior. <laughs> and if you're there not, is no free pass. No, <laughs> there is no free pass. And also, please do not take to social media mm, to vent to vent your problems. Yeah, don't air out your wife or your husband and what they've done to you because now you've opened up yourself to the court of public opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be 10 times as hard to work through as if y'all already didn't have issues trying to work on it yourself. Right. A lot of people do that as retaliation as well. It's like, you've hurt me, so I'm going to let the whole world know. Mm -hmm. You know, we see it with couples Mm -hmm. all the time. They want to air out their dirty laundry on public platforms. Don't do it. Yeah. Avoid that. Okay. So one with dealing with your feelings, two is not retaliating. Three is focusing on your healing. That is the best one. (laughs) Like for real, like that's most important. Yeah. You've got to feel your feels though before you get to the point of healing. Yeah. So with healing, I think what happens a lot, if you are the air quote victim in this situation is 
you'll either do one or two things. You may be an extremist and then just go out here and wild out, or you will be the one who retreats within themselves and becomes depressed and then stops taking care of themselves. Mm. Like you're neglecting basic hygiene, not going outside, you're avoiding people, mm-hmm. doing the whole woe is me. Yeah. This is a time where you really need to focus on taking care of yourself mm-hmm. because it's easy for you to fall into a depression yeah. and get in a dark space where you can't pull yourself out of it. Right. And be aware of it. Just kind of be aware mm-hmm. of it if you are in the dark space and know that you just can't stay there. And this is where your journal is going to come in handy. Yes, your best friend. Yes, it is. Whatever you are feeling, your journal is going to provide a safe space for you to say exactly how you're feeling. You don't have to worry about whether the person you are expressing yourself with is going to judge you for what you're saying. You don't need other people's opinions on you when you're trying to work through this process. A lot of people are afraid to journal, though. They're afraid they're afraid of their feelings, I think. Or, or afraid that somebody else is going to read what they say. That's you it. know? But I'm like, you gotta get that stuff out. Like And you know what? If you don't want to have a journal in the sense of you wanna refer back to this later, I've told people all the time, hey, write it, tear it up. Mm-hmm. But write it. But yeah. That's the most write important it. thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care what you want to do with it afterwards. If you don't want to keep an actual journal book, that's fine. Right. Tear it up, barbecue it, whatever you want right. to get it. Just, yeah, you can write it, get it out, keep it. Right. But you have to get it out. You can't keep yeah. that in because you're just, you're creating. Yeah, you're going to implode. You will implode. Oh, yeah, that's Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that too. So we're dealing with our feelings. You're not retaliating. You're focusing on your feeling by doing self care and journaling. Have a support system. Yes. And tread lightly with your support system. This is my advice to you. The less people that know about what happened in your marriage, the better off you'll be. Because this is what's going to happen. You've decided to forgive your husband or forgive your wife. Guess what happens when you start telling all your girlfriends? They're going to still be mad. Yes. <laughs> right. Because they're riding with you. Right. How dare he? How dare she? They're riding with you. Yep. So you may forgive them, but they may not. Is it best to find like a group of people who are going through the same so thing? So I think that you should have one confidant during this time. Mm. Whoever that person is that you know you can trust the most that is going to hold your secrets and not only hold your secrets, but... It's going to support you in the way you need to be supported. They're not going to be quick to like push you on the other side of, oh, they did that to you, girl. Go ahead and get a divorce. Right. If you've made the decision to reconcile your marriage, you need to surround yourself with people who are going to actually help you do that and not push you in the opposite direction. That's true. That's so I say one confidant you have. And in addition to that, maybe you need a personal therapist for yourself. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to go talk to someone that helps you work through your feelings. Right. You as an individual, as the victim, the injured party. Yeah. Or a pastor, because I know that's taboo in the black community. We don't 
Yeah. Or go talk to somebody because we think that means that you're crazy, but you're not. Right. Yeah. You definitely need to talk to somebody. I think that when you do begin your healing process, Mm -hmm. in your healing process, you will intuitively know who to reach out to or who to go to. You're going to be prompted to, okay, it's time for me to go out and seek somebody to talk to or help. So. And also, during this time, it's important that you exercise, what do I want to say, discretion. You can tell the person that you're confiding in a little bit about what's happening. Don't give them all the details. Save that for your therapist or your pastor, Mm -hmm. (laughs) someone that is a neutral party. Because the person closest to you, they can't unhear the things that you tell them. Right. And even if they support you and they support your spouse, they're going to look at them in a different light. So exercise discretion with what you decide to share with the person that you're confiding in. They can know enough without knowing everything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Dealing with your feelings. You're not retaliating. You're focusing on your healing. You now have your support system. Here's the big one. Hmm. Forgiveness. (laughs) Yeah, now that's hard. (laughs) Nobody likes to forget. Like, you want me to do what? (laughs) You're probably thinking, like, why would I put forgiveness so far down as opposed to in the beginning? Because you got to work through. Yeah, you're not going to forgive them up at the top. That is definitely a process. Yeah, you and forgiveness is a continual process. It's work. Mm hmm. You know, just because you've made the commitment to work on it doesn't mean that you forget. You're not going to forget. This is going to stay with you. I mean, this has happened. It's an event that's happened in your life. So you're not going to forget that it happened. What you are saying is, I am committed to our marriage and I want to make this work. So because I've made the decision to make this work, I have to forgive you. And we discussed this in a previous episode. Forgiveness is not for the other person. Right. It's for you. Right. And maybe you write, I like the affirmation that you said, like you are committed to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. moving forward, moving saving, forward. saving the marriage, making it work. So maybe set that as a reminder throughout this process to just kind of read that, like that. again, you yeah. know, to remind yourself. Because that's what you're doing. You're forgiving so that you can move forward with the commitment you made to your marriage and to move on from the hurt and resentment. Mm -hmm. You don't want to become bitter and hardened. Right. So you've got to forgive in order to move past it. Now, if you are the cheater, Mm -hmm. it's hard to forgive the cheater, right? It sure is. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to forgive the cheater, but the cheater benefits from the forgiveness as well because if they truly care about you they're gonna feel shitty after they've cheated on you Mm -hmm. so it helps in their healing process as well if they know that you've forgiven them Mm -hmm. the hardest thing in the world is to try to work on something with a person and it seems like they're just there's friction there's all yeah they're gonna hold it over your head forever you know that's that's hard to work through right so or we have what people need to work on based on their role in the infidelity. So air quotes, the victim (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the cheater. Okay. So I'm going to start with the victim. 
Okay. So in the process of working on forgiveness, if you are the victim, the first thing you need to do is to stop shaming and berating the cheater. Mm. You already know what that look like. Mm-hmm. You're giving him the business every single day. All day. All trying, day. To, trying to figure out <laughs> when, to, when to bring it up in just regular conversation. Like, oh, this is going to come up in few right? Like, I'm going out to get some bread. Mm-hmm. What else is you going out to get? <laughs> like, none of that stuff. Right. <laughs> right. So, again, when you're doing the first step, which is dealing with your feelings, this is probably when all of the berating and you know, name calling all of this stuff and shaming them and calling people. You know what he did? You All this stuff is happening then. But if you've decided to move forward, that's got to stop at some point. Like you can't keep bringing this up all the time. At some point, you got to go, okay, I've bent it. I've got it out of my system. It's not to say the feelings won't creep up. It's right. you making the commitment that I'm going to put this to the side for now. Yeah, just continuing to release it. Right. Yeah. When right. It, Again, use your journal. Yes. <laughs> which can't keep doing this to your spouse. Also, if you are the victim, it's important moving forward that you set new parameters for your relationship. Mm, like what? Like what with that? Well, that depends on what you need in order to be okay mm-hmm. going forward. If that is no lock on the cell phone. Okay. I can see your phone whenever I feel like it. Whenever you leave the house, you need to tell me where you're going and you need to call me when you get there and you need to call me when you want to right. Like, I'm exaggerating. Got <laughs> I'm just saying. Just like, keeping things open. Right. Yeah. Whatever that is that you need or if you've gotten to the root of how you've arrived at the infidelity, setting the parameters would be, hey, this was a window for you to do what you did. So here's the parameter that I'm setting now. Mm-hmm. So this doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. But basically, as the victim, you just want to make sure that you you have well-defined boundaries. Mm-hmm. That way, the cheater knows this is not allowed and this is what I need in order to keep moving forward. Right. Okay. Also, if you are the victim, you have to come out of the loop of replaying the affair so that you can move past the act of the cheating. Yeah. I'm not even going to play the radio with y'all. That's going to be hard. It is. You're going to have to come up with another vision in your head to go to because your mind Mm -hmm. will want to gravitate towards that. So whenever that comes up, you're going to have to like train your mind to go into the future. Okay, like what am I building? What are we building? We're building something new. We're building something better. You have to change that whole Yeah, you're going to have to, maybe now you're redefining. Mm -hmm. So envision that, what what you want your new marriage to look like. Yeah, I like to substitute that. Yeah. (laughs) So that's the steps for the victim in working towards forgiveness. Okay. Now, you the cheater. First thing you have to do is take responsibility for the affair. Mm -hmm. Don't try to eat around it. Don't try to blame right well if it would if you didn't do this or if if you would have did this then i wouldn't have stepped out (laughs) like that's probably why a lot of people never really get you know right to the point of forgiveness because the cheater will always find a way to not look at themselves right and to blame right right well you had did x y z no it don't have nothing to do with that no 
Not at all, but yeah, definitely take responsibility. This one burns me because I see it happen all the time. You cannot stay in contact with the person that you cheated with. Cease all contact yeah. with the person that you cheated with. How in the hell do you expect to put your marriage back together and your side piece is still... Right, aside. Right. Whatever. <laughs> still texting, calling, emailing. Yeah, that's not going to work. for random lunches. Right. Yeah, you got to let that you go. Know, yeah, you can. Which it should be easy to cut that off if you are willing to move forward. Okay, maybe not easy. <laughs> See, we're going to get into a whole lot of things <laughs> that I'm going to get into. Because we're saying it's easy in the sense that this hopefully was not a long term. Right. Because if it's long term, there are feelings involved with this. Other yeah, party. yeah. So it may not be easy to disentangle yourself right. from that relationship. But if the cheater has arrived at the decision to, okay, I'm going to put my marriage back together. Then, yeah. Then they then should have should no problem. Right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Also, if you are the cheater, the only way that you're going to restore trust in your marriage is through complete transparency and consistent accountability. Mm. You may feel like you were in prison for a while. Mm -hmm. And guess what? <laughs> Go ahead and deal with it. Right. How else do you expect to rebuild trust? You've broken it. She don't trust you now. Mm -hmm. Everything you do from here forward until she can heal, you are suspect. That's true. <laughs> oh, you say you're going to the store high enough. <laughs> FaceTime me. <laughs> Going out with the boys, really? Right. Right. So you're going to have to be okay with it until she gets in a space where she feels that the behavior has changed. Mm -hmm. She doesn't feel like she has to suspect you of cheating anymore. And you can't, as much as you want to, you know, fast forward through that. I'm sorry, can't, you're going to have to sit in that for a minute. Mm-hmm. Also, this is probably a hard one, but you have to be ready to do anything that your spouse asks you to do as long as it is within the reason for healing the relationship. Yeah. This is not, and I repeat, this is not an opportunity for her to haze you. Mm. She can't haze you. Right. She may want to. Because y'all are working together, remember? Right. <laughs> she may want to hate you, and she may want to dangle this over your head. Well, you cheated, so I need a new car. You oh, yeah. No. So, no, no, no. That's why I said yeah. as long as it is within reason for healing mm -hmm. the relationship. Right. This is not buy me handbag shoes type thing because she's putting a Band-Aid on. This is getting to know each other, getting to yeah. learn each other all over again. Yeah. Yeah. So just like I said with the victim, that the victim is setting parameters where the cheater ties into that is this part. You got to be ready for whatever she's asking you to do. She's setting parameters and you're going to have to be okay with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, the parameters need to be there anyway, even once you've worked through forgiveness. Because if you don't set them, then you may be doomed to repeat the same action again. Right. Yeah. And the last step, which some people may have, well, no, it's not last, next, last, sorry. 
people may feel like this should have been at the top, but no, now you're going to go seek counseling. You're not going to get through this thing by yourself. Mm. I'm telling you now. Yeah. As a couple. Right. Together. Right. Now, as we mentioned in the first step of dealing with your feelings or focusing on your healing, you may want to go have um, therapy or a counselor on your own to work through your to see how you're feeling right. without yeah right. the mate now yeah. once you work through that you two got to get in counseling together mm -hmm. you're not gonna get through it and I repeat it again you're not gonna get through this without counseling mm -hmm. of some form even if that's you talking to your pastor right and the reason why this is important is because this will provide you an unbiased party who will help you navigate through the damage that your affair has caused. And it's going to steer you in the direction of healing and restoration. Mm, I like that. And the last one, which is the hardest that you will have to continue to do, not only through the healing process, but for the duration of your marriage. And that's patience. Yep. <laughs> that's it. That is the hardest. Yeah. You <laughs> Other can. than forgiveness. Yeah. But... <laughs> So what you can't do, and this is where I feel a lot of marriages fold. Impatience. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. the cheater want to go, okay. Yeah. Get over it. Yeah. Right. You still on it? You still that? that I did this. I did that. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. The cheater is going to try to rush the air quote victim right. <laughs> through this entire process. And you can't do that. The patience is going to come more so for the cheater mm -hmm. because it's hard to sit there and not know when this person is going to get over it. You got to. You do. If you're going to move forward and repair and restore this marriage, you have to give your spouse the space that they need and the time that they need to heal. Yeah. It could be five years from now. It could be seven years from now. Yeah. Might well, be rocky for a minute. All right. So we're going to redirect you to number five, which is <laughs> forgiveness. And in part of that forgiveness, we are telling you to stay committed to your marriage. Remember why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. You two love each other and have decided that there is something here worth salvaging. No one said it would be easy. No one said it would be quick. Mm -hmm. So you have to stay the course, work the steps, and have faith that you're going to come out better on the other side of this. At least I hope so. Mm -hmm. My God, if you actually go through an affair and you exactly the same as you were before. Yeah, you can't. That's not going to work. It's going to fall apart. I like those steps. And I like the fact that it seems like you can use those. It's like a framework. So even if you are, let's say, at the forgiveness stage, you need something else or you feel some feelings come up, you can go back to the first step or, you know, and then you yeah. could be at patience and then know that you need some healing yeah. again. So those are really good. Yeah, you may revisit some of these steps mm -hmm. out of order yeah. <laughs> or at different times during this whole during right. the process, but they're here for you to, like you said, a framework yeah. to help you get through, you know, the pain, the betrayal, the right. hurt, and then successfully put your marriage back together. But it's going to take commitment. So I think as long as the two parties are really committed to working it out. They can make it. They can make it. Yeah. I, I choose to believe that. There's hope. Always, always, always have hope. 
always have hope. Yes. And, um, we're pushers of marriage. We love marriage and we want to see people succeed. Yes. Don't think just because you have no one's perfect and just because you have a blemish on your relationship, it doesn't mean that you can't, you know, right. reconcile it and get to the other side of it. So, right. All right. All right. So, well, thank you for those. You are welcome. <laughs> I wanted to recap real quick just so people have the steps down again. One, deal with your feelings. Two, do not retaliate. Three, focus on your healing. Four, have a support system. Five, practice forgiveness. Six, seek counseling. And seven, have patience. Patience. Okay, before we leave, I wanted to leave you guys with a positive vibe. The path to restoration will be strenuous and complicated. It's a balancing act between forgetting enough to get over it and remembering enough so that it won't happen again. Even through betrayal, two souls that are spiritually connected and committed to their love will survive any storm together. Love it. All right, you guys. Thanks for listening. And as always, we are wishing you peace, love, and light. Deuces.